on the Texas Steampunk Connection, your source for steampunk event information in the great free state of Texas. We also discuss books, films, comics, and games. Also, we enjoy visiting with the local steampunk luminaries. I'm Flavio. I'm Erica. And I'm Fax, your hosts. Thank you for tuning in, and now on to the episode. Well, we're back for another episode of Texas Steampunk Connection, episode 15 of season two. First off, uh, we'd like to say sorry we're a little late behind schedule, but we're okay. Everyone else, you okay? You guys yeah. are okay? We we're okay. survived the hurricane. It, despite the, the, uh, the rain, the flooding down in Texas, as it were. Yep. Um, Actually, things weren't nearly as bad in Austin as they were in other parts of the state. And yeah. we, we hope everyone else is doing okay or recovering fine. We all have friends down in Houston. Galveston, I know, was... From the from the news articles, it seems like it basically wiped off the map. That, that might yeah. be overrated. I'm not sure. But I keep but, seeing pictures of Houston underwater. Yeah. Don't really know how bad it really is there. But regardless, I hope everybody's okay. Yep. We're thinking about you. We're hoping for the best. Uh, I went ahead and sent donations to the uh, Capital Area Food Bank that's... Uh, sending food supplies down there red crosses accepting donations of course uh do your research make sure that you're sending to legitimate uh charities yeah watch out for the scammers out there everyone's looking for money if you can send a few bucks that's probably the best way to help right now so like i said it's been we're a little behind schedule it's been about well three weeks instead of two weeks since our last episode however we're doing okay and well little things got in the way like life and stuff um <laughs> we recorded we would have recorded earlier but we had nothing to talk about but now we have a few things to talk about yep and we also apparently got some more likes while we yep. between now and then uh three new likes this week hello to Luis, nancy and rob hello hey guys thanks, thanks for, for liking yeah thanks for joining us um, I hope you enjoy us. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> it, whenever right now is for you. <laughs> it could be tomorrow. No, it won't be tomorrow. I'll be, I'll be editing tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's a tomorrow. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> um, I also wanted to, if you uh, listened to our show last episode. Um, episode 14. We talked <laughs> at, at, to some degree about uh, Comic Palooza and uh, our experience. Our poor experience there, uh, some few years ago. Right. And it was. It was a couple years. Two, three years ago. I think it was three years yeah. ago. But uh, one of our listeners, Drew Hayen, wrote into us and said, uh, "You guys should know, Comic Palooza solved the entry line problem to the point that entry has never taken more than a few minutes since that year, which is good because that there, year yeah. was terrible. It certainly was. Um, but." Apparently, that's not an issue in, anymore. In fact, he says, uh, I was employed to provide a selection of entertainers to occupy time spent in the lines, and it is yet to serve any real function, as no one is ever there in those lines anymore. <laughs> uh, aside from that, Comic Palooza does have a pretty sparse steampunk track, non-existent, but absolutely, not non-existent, but absolutely sparse. I think I represented like 65% of it single-handedly. Uh, you guys know uh, Drew Hayen, mm-hmm. uh, as I have. Uh, we've met him at a number of times in the past, and he is definitely a showman. Was he at the Bon Voyage party that we went to yes. that one time? Okay. Yeah, you remember. Yeah, yeah he was doing yeah. magic tricks. Oh, the magic trick guy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's awesome. Yep. <laughs> he says, uh, actually, he says he listens to two podcasts 
only two, and we're one of them. Wow. Well, so thank thanks, you. thanks, Drew. Yeah. Um, and thanks for correcting us on, on uh, our report about Comic Palooza. They have corrected some problems. And I think I, re- I mentioned that they cut the steampunk track entirely, which is not true. It just sort of... Stop nope. happening. After that year, no one stepped up to say, hey, I want to do this track or I want to be a part of it. Right. And so there's hardly anything left. That may change next year. I don't know. It's up to up to you as listeners and as active participants in the steampunk community. Yeah, if you have some kind uh, of if you have something steampunk you wish to present. They're they're consider, open to that yeah. for certain. And I don't know how to contact them or how to <laughs> sign get get involved with that, but I'm sure that's on their website. You'll have to do the the uh, mm-hmm. research for that. But it's not as terrible as we made it out to be apparently three years ago. So that's great. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want to put a side note as like that. The last Comic Palooza we went to, they were they were had a, a podcast panel there. And that was before we started this podcast. And it's kind of what got me start. Well, it was when I was, it was kind of bouncing around in my head that I wanted to do a podcast. So that's why I went to that panel and. It, it got me. It got me more interested in doing it, and, and here we are. Hey, hey. <laughs> so it worked. So anyway, we also got a message, a direct message to us from a gentleman named Josh Verlin. He states, "Hey, I'm stationed at Fort Hood and looking into turning my Harley Street Glide into a steampunk-themed bike. Wondering if you guys had any guidance or must-haves." My answer was excellent questions. We will address it in our next episode. Well, here we are in our next episode. Yeah, we're looking at the Harley Street Guide. Honestly, none of us have any experience with no, no uh, bikes. tricking out vehicles. But, hey, you asked. We're going to give it a shot. <laughs> yep. My first thing I can, I can suggest is a, a really cool paint job with um, brass and, and copper highlights. Maybe some wrought iron in there, <laughs> colors. Vax had a really interesting idea. <laughs> uh, well, kind of the same. If you are familiar at all with the Plasti Dip product, it is a, a rubberized coating that many people use for painting their cars with. And you can, it comes in a number of colors. You can also put uh, Plasti Dip effects treatments on top of the dip to make it iridescent in a number of colors there's a lot of different options you can paint on top of it and the big advantage to all of this is if you get tired of it you just peel the plastic dip off and your paint is still there underneath that's a big advantage so you can change it up and as much as much as you're willing to keep changing it (laughs) or or screw it up because you've never painted your bike before yeah i would probably screw it up but that that seemed like a really good option, especially with this bike. I see a lot of surfaces to play with. I wonder if anybody makes custom vinyl. If you could, if you could make contact with a, somebody who runs a print shop and could do you some custom vinyl with it, with a, like a, a leather sort of pa- pattern. Oh or yeah, a, for the seat or, or a, no, no. for the for it, the it sides to, to make it look kind of like riveted leather. Okay, or, yeah, I see what you're or, saying. Or, uh, or you know wood with brass accents or something like that i don't know what the cost of that would be though yeah i don't i don't either but it's just an idea <laughs> i mean because i have i mean we have some yeah. i have some vinyl gears on my car so that's that's a good point you can buy vinyl shapes uh, of gears or other int- things you're interested in like just like on amazon and apply them t- to your bike wherever you f- feel inclined it's it's an over glorified sticker yeah and vinyl decals <laughs> are easy to put on and take off so it's not a huge commitment if if you change your mind or sell your vehicle and you the new buyer doesn't want to have that stuff it just peels right off 
No problem. I'm just but thinking. But if you don't want it peeled off, it lasts a good long time. You've oh, had yeah. yours on for a few Several years, years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been, I'm thinking like I don't know how this will probably be pretty expensive, or even, I don't even know how viable how viable it would be. But spokes that look like gears, mm. kind of for for your rim. I get the rim of the of the tire. Make them look like you know. I've seen many customized spokes and or rims you have to buy on whole bikes. New rims for that? Yeah, you have to get them customized. Yeah, that, uh, it's pr- it's pricey, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's just, that's an idea, you know. <laughs> I've also seen like the 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 low rider community. Uh, they've got some sort of treatment they put on their chrome to make it gold colored. Yeah, and gold and brass are effectively. Almost the same color. Almost, yeah. And I see a lot of chrome accents on this bike, depending on which model you're using. But I, I see a lot of chrome you could play with. That would be more permanent than than some of the other things we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure, I mean, most people, when they want to trick out their bike, they go all out. They're not going to put, like, you know, stickers on it. You know, I mean, that's just... You're saying, we don't, you don't like my stickers? Well, you're not, you're not driving a bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, tra-la-la. <laughs> It just depends on what kind of a commitment. Yeah, you want to yeah. Make how, as much, far yeah as how much? How much? How much you want to get into this customization and steampunk yeah, look? Yeah. How much? How much time you have to spend? How much? What Money. your finances yeah. are like? Uh, mm-hmm. How crafty you are? Whether you have access to a metal shop or a, a wood shop, or something like that. Um, here in Austin, we have the makerspace, mm-hmm. and we have friends who are part of the makerspace and they have all kinds of really cool like CNC machines and oh, yeah. laser they, cutouts they and things like anything, that. Yeah. And so basically if you can think of it and and draw it, somebody can make it for you out of whatever or help you learn how to use the machine to make it yourself. So I don't know if, if Fort Hood has any kind of makerspace or hackerspace. It'd be worth looking into. And also, by the way, thank you so much for your service. We appreciate all of our fine men, women, and transgender folks in uniform. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, thanks. I think the best, getting back to the bike, the best thing you can do to mod your bike is wear a really awesome outfit. Yes. <laughs> that would help then, a lot, yeah. And then sit on your bike. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the, the outfit definitely makes a big difference. Instead of wearing an actual helmet, where it was like, what you said, a World War II type leather helmet well, with no, goggles? No, it, or? It, it would still be a TxDOT approved bike helmet, well, yeah. but it doesn't have like the, the visor. visor. Yeah. It's just like the skull helmet, and then you wear goggles on top of it. You know, that that... It's not steampunk, but that 1920s look. Diesel right, punk. But, but we, you know, we accept diesel punk in our group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. any, anything like that that's going to really make you pop, that's going to bring you out on the bike, too. Right, nice, nice, cool. le- nice leather jacket and the whole works. So, I mean, I, that's I mean that's all I can really think of at the moment. I mean, when I'm thinking about the custom rims, I, it, it reminds me of, uh, there was an old TV show that I... I don't know why I was watching it because I don't really do this kind of stuff. But they were customizing bikes, and one of the rim, they were making a bike to kind of resemble a, an homage to a to like a certain type of helicopter, like a like an oh. attack helicopter kind of thing. And they made the rims kind of look like helicopter blades, <laughs> you know. Wow! And it was really cool. You know, so it's possible to be done. It's just not. I'm sure it's not cheap. You know. Yeah. 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 You just need a designer and I guess the whatever kind of machine you need to cut it out and make make rims. Kind of thing. Bringing up Fort Hood uh, brings me to the next topic of our show. The reason we didn't record last weekend when we probably ought to uh, was uh, Geek Fest. 
Hmm, having yeah. at Central Texas College last weekend. I've been talking about it for you know, a few episodes now, and that finally came up. I was working it all weekend in one of the booths, and it was a great show. It was everything that was promised, almost. <laughs> yeah, they changed a few things. I didn't go because of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, if you've been listening to the show, I've been saying one of the reasons I love the convention is because it's free to the public to get in. So, you know, nobody f- feels restricted. Everybody can just go and check it out and see what's going on. Well, that's not the case anymore. Now they're actually charging an admission fee, and you have to wear one of those bracelets to say you paid your dues. And that was disappointing to me because I think that was one thing that made it stand apart. Yeah, that's yeah, um, it was. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I didn't go because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't feel like paying 20 bucks just to hang out with you, Thax, because I get to hang out with you for free. Didn't want you to get any ideas. <laughs> Start charging them. That's like I said, I didn't want you to get any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but the con is still worth the 20 bucks, as as was proven by everybody who was there. It's well, Every year it gets bigger, and this year it was still uh, even bigger than years before. Okay. They did not have a cake decorating contest. Not like this. I'm disappointed. <laughs> uh, and I didn't see. It may have happened while I was working the booth, but I didn't see a live robot battling demonstration before. In, in times past, they've got like a high school robot build group mm-hmm. yep. that comes in pre- and presents. And I didn't see them there this year, but there were so many things to check out as far as. Uh, just everything like a whole section of the event was harry potter no oh, really there were like a half dozen rooms of harry potter stuff okay wizard dueling and taking tea and mysterious maps i don't know it was it was <laughs> that stuff. cool stuff cool uh things to look at and and sort of well, I know you're participating. Well, your 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 friend and partner Chris, he he did a demonstration for his um, show that he does for Fanboy TV. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. He Friday nights and Saturday night, he did uh, filming for uh, what is it called? Combat Creations, which is a live improv prop making show. Right. They uh, just they have a bunch of stuff <laughs> and they toss it together to make something in a yeah. certain period of time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at like thirty minutes. Yeah. Um. So it's. <laughs> it gets a little crazy. And apparently they had a couple of really good shows there. And why we're talking about it on this show, aside from it's an excuse why we didn't record, is the Central Texas Steampunk group that formed last year at GeekFest. But they had a table, right? Had a table. They were presenting this year uh, again at GeekFest. And they looked great. There was about... Oh, there was more than a dozen of them. Awesome. Uh, they're showing off their stuff. There was a guy with a steampunked out electric guitar. Awesome. Uh, Sounds good. Just kind of jamming out in the uh, planet Arium. And uh, they were great. They uh, they had a lot of energy, and uh, they wanted to show everybody what they had and get more people into steampunk. I, ho- I, hope, it, I hope they do. <laughs> so our listener here with the motorcycle, if you're not in contact with the... Uh, Central Texas Steampunk Group on Facebook. That might be something to look yeah, they're, up because they're in your area. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, see what when their next meeting is, and meet some people who might have some ideas as well. And you know, be social. It's cool. I think that's all I have to say about Geekfest. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking. Of, well, I mentioned Fanboy TV. We are not officially associated with them. 
but you can see us or hear us through their website now. You go to Fanboy TV. They, they're listing us through they, their site. We're too. being listed on their site. We're not, we're not completely attached to them, but we're somewhat joined. <laughs> it's, not, it's, I'm not entirely clear, but we're moving in that direction. Right. We're we're, 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 we're discussing things with them. Uh, which is cool because they have they have a lot of interesting shows, uh, mm-hmm. some podcasts, some some uh, YouTube channels, YouTube channel videos regarding a, a lot of of geeky stuff, mm-hmm. uh, uh, comics and and uh, LARP and right, yeah, all kinds of weird stuff, fandom. Um, like zombie life and they got some really weird stuff. They're not in it anymore. They're not. Oh, I'm no, sorry. They, okay, my bad. They they've moved off to their own thing, but now that there's uh, uh, girls of. Uh, Ladies of Fandom mm-hmm. has a show where there's like five ladies who talk about okay. uh, fandom and their experience, which is pretty cool. All sorts of good stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah check them out, fanboytv.com or is it dot .net? I forget. Anyway. It's dot .org. Dot .org. So dot .net. <laughs> dot .com. Something. Dot something. <laughs> but anyway, we're attached to them. So if, you go, if, you're, if you're on that website and looking around, you'll find us. Our, the, our part of the website is not really filled out. There's not any pictures of us or anything, but you can download us from there as well. So moving on, what do we have next? Um, <clears throat> game. We have a game oh, yeah. review. We played a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was back in that weekend where I was supposed to go to that comic convention up in Belton, and I didn't <laughs> get in. So instead, I came down here and played a game with the hacks. We cracked <laughs> open this game that I've been waiting, waiting to play for quite a while. It's called uh, Gear World: The, the Borderlands. Borderlands. Apparently, this dun, is like dun, a second, edi- well, not only second edition, but it's another version of it. Based on the classic game system by Bill Eberle, Eb- Eberle, uh, Jack Kit- Kittredge, and Peter oh, Olotka. <laughs> Foreigners. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Names we can't pronounce. Wow. Uh, a game of conflict in a post-apocalyptic future. Uh, so yeah, we we cracked this open and read through the rules and tried to decode it. Um, we 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 played it. Just just two of us. Yeah, just it's the two of us. Really designed for a three to five person. Yeah, not, not entirely sure if we played it correctly, but you know, first time. Two. Yeah, I, I think uh, playing with three people or more is is better than two. Probably. Um, but well, uh, from what I can tell, the game would have been it would have got more crowded really fast and would have been more. Challenging, possibly more challenging. Yeah. So what happened is, uh, I think we played like four rounds, and we both reached uh, winning conditions at the same time. Right. The, the common. <laughs> let's, let's go back. The, the the basis of the game, to me, in my head, seems a lot kind of a combination of risk with a little bit of Catan thrown in. <laughs> Because there's risk is there was conquering of lands and the Catan is the the allocation of the resources resources you know and mm-hmm. we can trade mm-hmm. resources if we wanted to <laughs> but you know there was only two of us well we, you know there wasn't really much to trade oh, there was still reason to, to trade between two of us yeah. we found uh, there was there was a loophole maybe uh, I don't know if it was a loophole but it was a weird that we exploited anyway so the game itself was it was it was it steampunk. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's post-apocalyptic, which sometimes falls under it. There's it, gears it, on the it, box. <laughs> it's called Gear World. <laughs> to me, it was exactly what it says. It's based on a previous game system with a veneer of steampunk slapped on top of it. Okay, yeah. It's it's not... It, it's not... Uh, it, it didn't seem like a game that was designed... As steampunk. Uh, as, as a steampunk game but they said hey if we put this word here and that word there and sort of change the graphics yeah 
steampunk. <laughs> Good enough. I mean, the covers, I like the picture on the front. That's a really nice picture. Yeah. yeah it's really yeah. cool. I mean, like I said, it was a game of conquest, but there was no dice rolling involved. It was more like math numbers. <laughs> you know, if you set yourself up properly, you cannot, you overrun the land you want to invade. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to have your resources. Did we have too many resources on the board? Is that what you mentioned that one time? For two people, you're supposed you to mu- take off some of the resources. Miss, okay, we missed that part. And so yeah. we were just flooded with them. And we could just, like I said, in four rounds, boom, 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 boom. We won. <laughs> right. I would be interested in trying playing this with more people. I, I would, too. I, I I liked it. I had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, after we decoded the rules, I thought it actually moved pretty quickly. Right. Uh, the rules were written like they playtested it with uh, Munchkin, somebody who's going to... <laughs> Someone's manipulate <going> <laughs> any any uh, hole, okay, okay. hole in the rules anywhere right so they're explicit it's like right. reading stereo instructions yeah it was and and they repeated themselves a lot in different parts right so they know. they're saying exactly what they're what they mean and it doesn't it's not it doesn't make it easy to read right it's, ex- it's explicitly stated as to what the rules are but once you get past that and once you sort of take in what the rules are supposed to be it moves pretty quick i agree it did so i mean i liked it and i'd be willing to play again with more than one other person <laughs> so like three people maybe four yeah yeah it it was fun it, it's a huge board so you'll need like a fairly large table yeah definitely um and, and lots of lots of little uh pieces and and cutouts and things to fiddle with definitely <laughs> money and resources and we didn't even use it all because because there's only two of us there were some parts of the board we didn't use because it told us not to use that part because there was only two of us you know there was like islands that we didn't get to go to kind of thing you know <laughs> which is fine you know we didn't need them <laughs> makes sense right okay yeah. so that was uh, so i give this i give the game a thumbs up i'll i'll, I'll, I'll play it again I, I i do too i don't remember what we paid for it which probably makes was it, it an easier. No, no, I, I, I found it at Half Price Books. Oh, okay, I think you and then I, sh- I told him about it. It was at Half Price Books, and I ran over and got one too. <laughs> so actually, we, we have two copies of it. I have one in my house, and he has one now. I take that back. I think I found it on Amazon. You found it on Amazon because for it was, the same price. Yeah. So I said, yeah, I'll take that. I, <laughs> I've got uh, uh, Prime membership, so no shipping. I'll take it. I mean, it was like forty dollars, and I felt rich at the time. <laughs> Maybe less. I don't remember. Which is about half price of the bo- of the game, I believe. So, yeah. If you if you can get it for that price point, go for it. Good, definitely a, a, a worthwhile deal, mm-hmm. especially if you're a board gamer regularly and want to try something new. Definitely. So you saw a movie? Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about. It just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw a, a movie. Erica, why don't you tell us about I about missed it. Time. I didn't get there in time. I'm sorry. We caught the matinee of Leap on Saturday at 2 o'clock with our friends Russ and Debbie. And uh, there was like six people in the theater. It was a, <laughs> it, it, it had just opened on the 25th, and we saw it on the 26th. Yep. So, I, I'd never heard of it, but you said... 
Well, we were something. we were sitting in the taqueria and we saw the preview for it on. And the, I point I pointed it out to you guys because so, I've seen I saw the previews for it a few times and it's like that looks kind of steampunk. The preview looks steampunk. Maybe. Okay, I will, I have a I do have a nitpick in the preview. I seem to remember and Russ can confirm this that there was a dirigible or an airship in the preview, mm-hmm. and then there was not a dirigible or an airship oh, no. in the actual movie. Although at one point he's in the workshop and you see the plans for it on a sketch pad but mm-hmm. you, you, the dirigible never actually makes it into the into the final movie steampunk fail <laughs> so that was kind of a disappointment oh man okay so uh basically it's a it's a how did Dax put it it's is a jackie chan movie it <laughs> <laughs> it it is a movie about let, let's it's let a me, kung fu movie uh, <laughs> let except me read, with ballerinas let me read the the uh uh Synopsis first. Okay. Okay. Paris, 1884. A steampunk. Right, right time period, yeah. An orphaned girl arrives in Paris from Brittany. Felicie Milliner is 11 and has no money, but one big passionate dream, to become a dancer. With nothing left to lose, Felicie takes a big risk. She borrows a spoiled brat's identity and enters the opera ballet school. But how long can she be someone else? Mentored by the tough and mysterious cleaner Odette, Felicia learns that talent is not enough. It takes hard work to be better than her ruthless, conniving fellow students. That and friendship. Felicia's inventive, exhausting, and charismatic best friend, Victor, also has a dream. Become a famous inventor. Together, they both encourage each other to reach for the stars. Okay. So what this really is... If 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 you're familiar with the genre, it is the archetypical plot on any classic kung fu movie. <laughs> okay, just take away the word dance and put in kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> right? Poor orphan kids go to the big city because they want to learn dance. Uh, kung fu. <laughs> After a day, our hero, heroine, meets up with this... Sensei? Strange, uh-huh. mysterious floor cleaner, Odette, who, who has a bum leg and walks with a cane. <laughs> and nobody knows... Okay, there's, there's spoilers, right? You're listening to this, there's going to be spoilers. Nobody knows is actually a fantastic dance instructor or kung, kung fu, fu master. master. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> After much uh, begging and and coercion, the dance instructor Odette takes in Felici as her ward and student and puts her through all of the cliche kung fu things that you have to do. Training montage. The training montage that Jackie Chan has with all the weird contraptions that he has to do. Okay. Um, I mean... Except they're applied to dance techniques, dance ballet instead of martial arts. <laughs> okay, okay. But it is the same. <laughs> um, which, which I I mean to say was awesome. This was a great movie because I could watch it and and recognize these things. And even if you didn't recognize these things, it makes for a good story. Well, there's a reason why they're, they, 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 that formula works. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very uh, tried and true sort of archetypal tale. Mm-hmm. 
you know, of the, the young person becoming the master. Right. So she she steals the identity of this other girl who's going to get into the ballet school. Because her mom is rich and serves the best prime rib in Paris. Ooh, prime rib. So, so she <laughs> immediately has an enemy right. of the rich kid who also knows Kung And her Fu evil mother. Or... or ballet and they have to compete in the kung fu school i mean ballet school <laughs> to to for the lead in the nutcracker so there was to become the best student was there a dance off yes <laughs> okay ding, ding, ding. but not before but not before she fails to win the the uh, the tryouts the competition and the bratty girl gets the the lead role and then yes there is a dance off <laughs> Where she beats the other girl and gets that position, even though the other girl actually earned it. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's like all the, the things that are supposed to happen for Kung Fu. Okay. So, so what is the other, the other the, the, her inventor friend? That's the part that caught my eye on the previous. Right. Was, they, they he kind had of wings neg- and stuff. They neglected Victor's story a bit. Uh, he, he's not really the main character. No, okay. Felicia is the main character. She's got a mysterious origin. She, she has this mm-hmm. music box that was left to her by her mother that she doesn't know because she was in an orphanage. Anyway, so um, Victor wants to be a famous inventor. So he every time her ma- her music box gets broken, she, he fixes it for her, and then he become he somehow lucks into working for. Uh, Monsieur Eiffel, who is building the Eiffel Tower, Ooh. and also the Statue of Liberty. At the same time, wow, that's a lot yeah, of work. Yeah, which, <laughs> who knew? Did you say the Statue of Puberty? <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke in the movie. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> okay. So, um, so Victor kind of talks up, you know, I'm an apprentice, and, and Monsieur Eiffel is trusting me as his right-hand man, and he says that I'm his idea man, and blah, blah, blah. And then it turns out that um, Monsieur Eiffel has no idea who this ruffian is, and he's just like one of the people that cleans up the workshop. But, but you take what you can get, you know. Yeah. Right, okay. But, uh, <laughs> but, but Victor, you know, is apparently having his own adventures, which he sort of tells in a little flashback montage that's pretty cute but very short and he he makes friends with this young sort of goofy lisping fat kid (laughs) with a fantastic top hat who plays violin in the bars okay yeah so it's they they don't go so much into victor's part of the story he's he's an inventor he's kind of a side character for yeah sidekick he's kind of crass and crude and and at one point she's sort of embarrassed to be his friend and then she realizes that she's being just as awful as the young women in in the ballet school who are awful to her because she's poor and she realizes that victor is her best friend and <laughs> she, had to she learn should that not lesson, treat right, him yeah. shabbily simply because he is uncouth <laughs> okay so did, so was the movie steampunk or not uh did- at one point he rescues her uh with <laughs> his invention of uh pigeon wings an upgrade from the chicken wings that he'd made <laughs> previously okay <laughs> she points out that chickens can't fly which surprises him. <laughs> <laughs> Which would explain why the chicken wings didn't work, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so 
there there is a little bit of invention there and it shows the construction of the Eiffel Tower which uh, steampunkish maybe I don't know it's in the right period and everybody's wearing you know the right clothing the right clothing and top hats and, and there was that in, and the inventor guy mm-hmm. so what two out of three uh, <laughs> in our scale or close enough one out um, of three one out of three it it I mean, I, I could make arguments that it, it meets all the criteria, but not strongly. Hmm. Um, it's a kid's it wasn't, movie. Yeah, it, well, it probably wasn't meant to it be a steampunk movie. Steampunk, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just uh, of that period, and also it's fun to make a kid fly. <laughs> yep. um, and that, that's okay. Right. You know? it, it's definitely uh, worth seeing, especially if... Uh, and the animation your, is beautiful. The, 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 the animation is really quite detailed and lovely i really fell in love with with the animated version of paris and it, it's great that it, it's got a female lead like we said victor is not he's not the main character right. he's he's got a story but it's not it, it's it the movie is not about him okay. and it, it's it easily passes the bechdel test Oh, and because there's a love interest as well. He's a he's a a young uh, ballet dancer in this in the studio, and he's like a Russian count or something. And all the girls think he's dreamy, and and uh, and he turns out to be kind of a twit. Of but, course, but they don't make him into like a bad guy, which I liked. Okay. Like the, it wasn't I, like she chose like Victor a, like because a the other villain or something. Yeah, yeah, it's not like she chose Victor because the other guy tried to rape, her, you know, assault her or anything. He was just kind of a twit, you know. And she kind of realized. Theories. I've got theories that a lot of scenes got cut. Hmm. Maybe um, either because they, they were too dark or they weren't they weren't really moving the plot forward. Because it seems like all of these other characters have things going on that you just don't hear about. Right, because you do learn that Odette used to be a dancer until she had this terrible accident that crippled her. Um, and then become Fu Master. It doesn't actually, and then she becomes a, the cleaner, and she's she works part of her days cleaning in the rich lady's house and part of her days cleaning in the at the ballet school. And you get the idea, but it never actually says that she was too proud to uh, ask for a, a job from the ballet school mm. instructing students. You know, or that she also doesn't say wax on, wax off. Or that but maybe you know, you know. <laughs> well, there was kind of there's kind of an ambiguous thing. Like, was she too proud to ask for it, or was she too hurt when when she was crippled and she couldn't pursue her dream of being a dancer herself? Did she just did she just give that up? And then teaching Felicity gave her that back, and then she found that yes, I can teach this, and it's it's good for me to to teach even though I can't dance anymore. I don't know. It, so there was kind of a, and then, and there was kind of a thing where the dance instructor sort of has, you know, maybe makes crushy eyes at Odette. And so, <laughs> and so you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's sweet. I thought that was, that was weird at the end. He sort of, you know, puts the moves on her. Instead of just saying, hey, you were amazing at teaching this street rat ballet in five days. Why don't you become a dance instructor? work for me and get off that crappy woman's floor that never happened no he's gonna try to stick his tongue in her mouth he did not oh don't be vile it was this was a sweet movie it was a sweet movie for children it was Um, and the but the bad guy lady was really scary so that was okay so uh, there was a villain (laughs) yeah she she had hair like gary oldman dracula um like this crazy big she had bun on her head like it was gigantic (laughs) and then she was wearing this like like vivid green 
dress not not disney villain green but like emerald deep emerald green and then the the flocked wallpaper in her house was green with black uh filigree on it Hmm. so i had a theory about that because at the end of the movie she goes just crazy and tries to kill felice (laughs) by chasing her up the statue of liberty and then trying to push her off whoa she tries to murder her (coughs) at the end wow for taking her daughter's place and she's wearing this super vivid green dress and I'm driving home with Erica going, well, that was just weird. The, the, why, the, the turn of events? The, or? The, like, why did she go so crazy? Okay. I like, mean, she was bad. That she stole uh, the other girl, her name was Camille's role, even though Camille earned it. Mm-hmm. And her, her very wealthy pork chop mother, no. The prime rib. Prime rib. Uh, <laughs> making mother. She Madame Lao. That woman doesn't look like she's ever cooked a prime rib herself ever but okay whatever the plot is she just went ballistic she went like knives Super coco for, loco it, it's not unheard of there was a whole thing about a cheerleader here in texas while <laughs> the mother killed <laughs> well, another Erica cheerleader had another like another theory about this that she's going to talk to us okay about. what's this theory well, apparently, the shade of green that they that was very popular in Victorian times was made using arsenic and copper. Ooh. And uh, these things are extremely toxic. Extremely toxic. Yeah. <laughs> and the and you know you ha- have you heard the expression "mad as a hatter"? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. because in Victorian times, when the uh, people did millinery made hats uh they were using mercury as also very toxic as a setting tool for the for the fur and feathers that they were using on their hats and they would stick the pins in their mouths and they would ingest Mm. uh, quantities of mercury so the victorian times were just absolutely full of horribly poisonous things and a lot of times either people didn't know or they knew and they didn't care because this shade of green is the shade of green. We don't wear other shades of green. Maybe there are no other shades of wow, green. Wow, okay. This is the fashionable color, and we will wear it if it freaking kills us. So the, the fabric <laughs> against their skin and they the would toxic absorb stuff. It, yes. Yeah, okay. I, I can see this and, as, a, as viable. Uh, they use this shade of green in confectionery. <laughs> oh, so they ingested it. There okay. were children who were poisoned uh, from eating too many sweets. Shame, shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were actually poisonous. Oh, damn. <laughs> so, There's so many ways to poison children. You don't know it was this thing. <laughs> so uh, so I, went, I went on the Googlers, and I found an article that's uh, entitled Fatal Victorian Fashion and the Allure of the Poison Garment. Uh, this was written by Alison Meyer. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll read excerpts. Staying stylish in the Victorian period could be a dance of death. While industrialization and mass production made more beautiful fashions widely available, the green dresses were dyed with arsenic-based pigments, the mercury necessary to make shiny beaver top hats drove the hatters insane, and all that tool and cinched corsets contorting women into airy nymphs would not infrequently cause them to tumble into gas lamps and go up in flames. Awkward. Uh, <laughs> there was an exhibit at the Bada Shoe Museum in Toronto called Fashion Victims, the Pleasures and Perils of Dress in the 19th Century. Explored the dangers of style not just for the wearers, but for the people who made the clothing as well. 
Uh, let's see. Deadly fashion. The curators explored medical archives and collections in France and England and delved into the museum's extensive assortment of 19th century shoes and private collections, searching for examples of the poison garment, hauling green shoes and shoe boxes to a physics lab to test for their lethal secrets. Oh, jeez. It's seductive. Matthews David told us over the phone in regards to the stunning fashion artifacts. We wanted people to understand how beautiful they were and how people would wear them even if they knew they were harmful. For example, there's the achingly narrow shoes worn by women to slip into a beauty ideal. And for men and women alike, there was mauve footwear tinged with the first synthetic dye. Created by William Henry Perkin in 1856, mauve was revolutionary in influencing color tastes. It was unfortunately incredibly toxic, (laughs) made with arsenic, picric acid, and other harmful chemicals. Around the same time, tortoises and elephants were being spared in making hair combs, but the manufactured celluloid was explosive Baller- here's here's a shout out back to, here's a, a back to the back to leap ballerinas draped in tulle were pirouetting into gaslights on stage at such a frequency it was called a holocaust oh jeez even the high heel, which had come back into vogue in the late 1850s, deliberately threw women off balance as part of a very confined yet alluring form of femininity. You could just go through the beautiful Parisian shopping arcade and enjoy the spectacle of consumption, but if you read into it, you find that the story behind it is not quite as pretty as the artifact. So, poisonous green shoes. Poisonous green shoes. <laughs> and and they use uh, the same uh, shade of green in their wallpapers. Oh, um, <laughs> It's actually somewhat risky to go into uh, uh, old buildings that that might still have this remnants of the wallpaper because it it crumbles Mm -hmm. and it makes dust, which is toxic to inhale. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little. So It's like the old buildings, well, they're not old compared to Europe, but the buildings here with the anti, the the asbestos asbestos stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And lead paint. And lead paint, yeah. Good stuff. So that's that's my theory about why Claudette's mom was such a nut. I think it's a great theory. <laughs> Madame Lao. I mean, the poison. They never mentioned anything green. about it, but the green dresses were super vivid in that in the scene where she so loses her mind. So it was kind of mind. a subtle thing they threw in there, probably. Like it, it makes me think. I, I can't think it was an accident. Right. I think they they did a lot of research and and it was a really well thought out script and and directed really really well that's good um, to hear it's not a disney movie what who it was a miramax uh, uh, who made it it was it was uh it was a french well that, make, uh, that explains it french for a for it's a foreign film french company it, it sounds writers stars <laughs> i guess not important up on the internet's I, I don't it doesn't say okay no worries uh, picture rating Poop-a-doop I don't know No worries No worries So We'll, we'll put a link on the Yeah mm-hmm. so you obviously Recommend the movie Yeah very much Even though it, it was Barely steampunk But you know Like I said I just saw the previews And I saw the kid With the wings And, and I, th- I saw the dirigible And I figured That looks steampunkish So you know Let's go check it out and Okay So we've got Two more little gems uh, In this movie If you are a fate Of uh, Kate McKinnon mm-hmm. From Ghostbusters And Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. She is the one Who uh, does the voice Of Regine the mother who goes, goes crazy, goes crazy, okay. uh, and also Mother Superior, who who works in the orphanage at the beginning of the movie. Okay, the orphanage is also run by this crazy, kooky old guy with the with lazy eye and bad teeth. 
uh, named Luto, who's voiced by Mel Brooks. Nice. Okay. <laughs> that was a great it's not little like, cameo. Not like a big role. <laughs> Just a little um, bit in there, yeah. <laughs> but uh but but he's in there and and that's awesome because Mel Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Doing a cookie a cookie person. <laughs> yep. Okay. That's so. it. That, All right. So I mean I will I don't know if I'm gonna get a chance to go see it since you know I'm on my own for most of the time. So what else we got? We got anything else? Uh, I think that is. Uh, I think we're the good. List. What? Oh, All right. Okay. So. Uh, so we're gonna take a break. We're gonna play a little bit of music, and we'll come back with uh, what's going on in the next couple of weeks. So, be right back.
that was <laughs> Duo De Twang. <laughs> it's a song... Well, obviously, it was a cover of the Bee Gees song, Staying Alive. Uh, I heard it on the steampunk podcast called <laughs> Steampunk Cabaret. Whether it's actually steampunk, hey, why not? It was on the steampunk cabaret, so I'm going to call it steampunk. It. <laughs> so that's the name of the, the, the band? Duo, Duo de Twang. D-U-O. All right, all right. Twang. Duo de Twang. It just amused the hell out of me, and I just had to play it. So we have a few things going on the rest of September. Actually, what, we're in the last week of August. It is August 28th right now, currently, as we're recording. So I don't think there's anything else going on in August. So we're done with August. Right? So we're d- jumping straight into yeah. uh, September 1st. First, and that is? We're going to start with the World Beard and Mustache Championships <laughs> at the Long Center in Austin, Texas. <laughs> this sounds hilarious. <laughs> Hosted by the uh, Austin Facial Hair Club. Which I know nothing about, but they've got a fantastic picture. Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen a bunch of pictures. There's some crazy mustaches and beards out there. The 2017 World Beard and Mustache Championships are coming to Austin, Texas, September 1st through 3rd at the Long Center for the Performing Arts. The three-day competition hosted by the Austin Facial Hair Club will attract beard enthusiasts from around the world, including more than 1,000 competitors and fans. Every two years, the WBMC showcases the very best in men's and women's whiskers and unites beards in a cultural event like no other. Projected to be the largest competition to date, the three-day event will include live entertainment, local food vendors, family-friendly activities, and dozens of facial hair categories. Oh, man. This sounds like it would be hilarious. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Um, but maybe that? not September for all first three days. First through third. First through third. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it Proceeds for the event will be donated to Out Youth, Farm Vet, and Live Strong. So it is a uh, uh, great benefits that that uh, this is going to support. It's very cool. So if you out there have a spectacular mustache or beard, you can enter and and see if you can compete. All right. I mean, Bax has gotten a lot of compliments on his mustache. Oh, but compared but, yeah, to the pictures to say, I'm looking, looking at of these guys, yeah, yeah th- I, I could get some pointers on how to develop Definitely. one of these. <laughs> boss mustaches but yeah i would i would not compete oh yeah wow (laughs) so there's something else happening on the first we mentioned it before yes the kyle texas pie in the sky uh the the hill country area hot air balloon festival in central texas labor day weekend september 1st and 2nd in over 25 hot air balloons will illuminate the sky on Friday and Saturday evenings and will float over the Kyle sky Saturday morning. All events are weather permitting. An all things pie tent, including a pie baking contest, pie eating contest, pie baking demonstration, and more will solidify our claim to fame as the pie capital of Texas. You'll also be able to enjoy a kid zone, vendors, live music, and other entertainment to make this festival weekend complete. September 1st and 2nd, 2017. Looks like Friday will be going from 6 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. Saturday, 
from 6.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. That will be when the balloons will be flying. And then uh, in the (laughs) afternoon from 4 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. This will be at Lake Kyle, which is located at 7000 Lehman Road, Kyle, Texas. And uh, I did see a bulletin earlier that they're going to be watching weather conditions and making sure that the venue is uh, safe and appropriate for such a gathering. And they will keep everybody posted on the Facebooks. So they might postpone it and or move it. Yes. We're not sure yet, but for now, it's looking like it's still on, as far as I can tell from anything I can find on the web. So yeah, check the website before you go out there. Yes. Hoping for the best. The weather today uh, was was clear and and really nice. If the week continues in this this manner, I don't imagine there'd be a problem. But who am I kidding? It could go any which way. Now, we mentioned this last time. You're wondering why, why are you saying a balloon thing as a steampunk thing? Well, we've gone to balloon festivals dressed in our steampunk best, and people loved us there. So that's why. <laughs> I, I don't even understand the question. Ba- balloons? Victoria. Yeah, it, it makes sense to us. That's why we went out there it's the first time. But Jules case, Verne around the world in eight days. If anybody was curious as to why, do you that's even why. read? <laughs> okay. So dress in your steampunk best and go out. They'll love you. Yes, we love you. <laughs> yeah. We plan to be there, right? I, I know you're dressed well right now listening there, to this show. I don't know if we're going to be out there at 6.30 in the morning, though. <laughs> but we're, we, we, we do plan mm. to go out there, don't we? The only time I ever see 6.30 in the morning is if I've been up the entire night. <laughs> or if some guy comes ringing your doorbell because he needs to call the police because somebody's breaking into his house next door. Okay. Which well, happened to me last night. Never that's mind. kind of an exception. <laughs> oh, I'm so it's tired. A whole other story. <laughs> right. So we have. What else is next? What's next? Uh, September fifth, uh, the Austin uh, Steampunk Society is going to have a their South Austin Steampunk Social. Uh, we have this every every uh, month. Some months uh, we usually do it on the third Tuesday, but uh, the North Austin location is uh, taken up on that day, so we're moving it to South on this first Tuesday, which is September fifth, and it's on. Uh, uh, on Baker Street Pub, right there on Manchaca. Is that right? Lamar. Lamar Manchaca. Near, near where Lamar Manchaca uh, come Or Manchac. Manchac. Yeah, there's a, there's a As we say. there. Oh, yeah. Um, it, used to, it used to be the old Alligator Grill, that was, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> right, but it's, it's that building. Yes, that building. So, yeah, there's a, a little uh, cubby right to the right of the front door uh, where we kind of hang out in. It holds about, uh, it can hold about 10 people. Yeah. So come on over, have a seat, have a drink with us. Uh, it's very uh, low-key, social, good time. That's all. Okay, what's next? Well, speaking of balloons, there's another one. September 29th, Balloonapalooza in Halotus, Texas. Where is Halotus, Texas? Halotus, Texas is just outside of San Antonio. Oh, uh, all right then. Far away. No. No, no, it's not. And one of my favorite breweries in the world is in San Antonio. We could stop there on the way to or from. Are we talking about Busted Sandal? I think we are. (laughs) I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. (laughs) When you said we could stop there to or from? On the way to or from. We could stop there to and from. Yeah, well. (laughs) When they open and close. It is is literally right outside of Loop 1604, so it's not very far out at all. So, yeah, Lotus is pretty close. All right. So it is another balloon festival on September 29th. They are saying, what are they saying? All the balloon stuff. Get ready to enjoy a weekend of fun for the entire family. September 29th to the 30th, October 1st. Oh, 29th, 30th, and October 1st. So three days. 
at the Holotus <laughs> Carnival Fairgrounds. Take a ride on a tethered hot air balloon. Ooh, Enjoy the thrill cool. of the carnival rides. They're going to have carnival rides. <gasps> and experience the hot air balloon night glow. They have live music and entertainment all day and delicious foods. So festival gates open at 4 p.m. until midnight. So it's not an early morning thing. <laughs> Yay. It's a 4 p.m. to midnight at Holotus Carnival Fairgrounds. That's September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. That's another, that's another balloon thing we can go to and dress up in our steampunk Yeah. Finest. All right. <laughs> or if we don't go to that, uh, also September 30th is the Republic of Texas Cigar Box Guitar Festival. Hey, you, uh, you own a couple of those, don't you? I do. I have a very good friend who, who makes them uh, by hand, and uh, I have purchased a couple of them. Uh, at any rate, uh, this is at the Albert Ice House and Dance Hall in uh, just south of Stonewall, in Albert, Texas. Uh, the fourth annual Republic of Texas CBG Festival features music from Layman Turns, A.J. Gaither, and One Hand Dan. <laughs> Food and vendors, free admission. And that's all she wrote. One Hand Dan? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yup. <laughs> well, I guess that's everything. So uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, mind, mind your, your gauges. gauges. Thanks for listening. This has been the Texas Steampunk Connection. Opening music was the Texas Steer Rag by George Botsford, recorded in 1909. Please like us on Facebook at Texas Steampunk Connection. Where you will find a link to all the topics we talked about in this episode. Until next time, mind, mind your gauges. gauges.